to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Reactive dog guardians. If your dog lunges, barks, generally loses it. The dogs, people, squirrels, skateboards, we have a free mini course just for you. Head over to agoodfeelingdogtraining.com, click free resource to get started on your reactive dog training journey today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I am your host, Rachel Ari Harris. I am so delighted that you are here. Um, in today's episode, I have maybe the most special guest that has ever been on the podcast before, <laughs> my mom. So I really wanted my mom to be on the podcast because I think that a lot of people just assume that like, because I'm a dog trainer, I grew up with dogs and I was like always into dogs and that is not my story. Um, and that is very much intertwined in my mom's story with dogs. And I think that it also kind of highlights hopefully some empathy for all of us who have dogs who are dear, deal, excuse me, dealing with fear or worry about things, right? Just because traumatic experiences stick with us for a long amount of time. So mom, do you want to introduce yourself for everyone? Hi, everybody. I'm Becky Laurie. Obviously, I'm Rachel's mom. I am a Colorado native. I grew up, was born and raised here. Love Colorado, except when we have crummy weather in May. But other than that, I love it. Um, I'm a huge uh, outdoor enthusiast. I love, 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 love to hike. And I love to hike with my daughter. It's one of my favorite things in the whole world. And the dogs, of course, right? It just oh, of course be a dogs, hike yeah. with all, without the dogs too. Okay, right. so um, mom, do you want to kind of backtrack to um, some of your early experiences? Because you didn't always okay. like dogs, right? No, when I was a little girl, I think I was like five or six. I'm not sure how old I was exactly. We were at my grandparents' house and my grandfather had a little chihuahua. And I was playing with the little chihuahua and lo and behold, the little chihuahua bit me. And that started my fear of dogs. And it continued for years and years and years. Even though it was this tiny little dog, it instilled a real fear of dogs. Yeah. And I think at that age, right, like you probably just trust that a dog is a dog. Like you don't have the capacity to understand, like, maybe the dog doesn't like being pet or something like that. And I think that's a really impressionable age to have something that traumatic happen to. Yeah, I think that's true, too. So in growing up, we never had a dog. We did have a cat, which I loved him to pieces and pestered him to pieces. And um, my mother used to get really mad at me because I played the violin and I didn't really like practicing at home, but she'd make me practice. So I would shut the door with the cat in the room with me and make her him suffer along with me. So I got into trouble for that. But yeah, <laughs> I've always loved cats. Nice. Okay. So as you were aging, did you actively avoid dogs? Yeah, I really did. I just tried to stay away from them. Like I remember one time specifically that dad and I went to some friend's house for dinner and they had, I think it was a Rottweiler and something else had two big dogs just like scared me to death. And I, you know, they were like coming up to me and I'm like thinking, how can these people let these dogs do this to me? Can't they tell that I'm afraid of them? And that was not that many years ago. 
Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's overwhelming, right? If you don't know, and you have that trauma. So, um, mom, I feel like we have to share with the listeners, my desperate ploys for a really long time to get a dog, right? Like, do you remember how old? So everyone, I also have a brother, Tim, and this was like a team effort, right? Begging for a dog. Shout out to my aunt Sue, who wanted us to have a dog so bad. She tried to buy us a dog for years. Do you remember how old we are? We were Tim and I, when we wanted to get a dog and like, you know, then never stopped asking. Well, you were pretty young because I remember one time, um, I used to travel to New York on business and, um, obviously you guys were pretty little, um, because that job went away when you were in kindergarten. So anyway, I remember one time aunt Sue was watching you guys and she had a dog and that dog pulled you across the street and you got so scraped up. And I was like, really upset about that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it just confirmed, can... it just confirmed for you that dogs could be dangerous. Yes, yes, exactly. And you didn't seem to care too much, but I was pretty upset about it. And it was like, no, we're not getting a dog. Okay. So, so for the listeners, I feel like maybe we should clarify what happened. So there, my aunt Sue had a schnauzer at the time. His name was Pierre and he was on a retractable leash and I was walking him and I decided to start running and I tripped on some gravel and then face planted. Right. So it maybe wasn't hundred percent the dog's fault, maybe a combination of, you know, the child and the dog, but yeah. So that reconfirmed that dogs weren't safe for you. True. Or Very for true. Yeah. yeah. And I know Sue wanted to get you a dog and I'm like, no, no, no. So at that point we had a cat and I'm like, there's no way we just not getting the dog. We have a cat, which we got for you specifically. (laughs) (laughs) So I think we could kind of fast forward. So, um, I was an 18 or 19 year old. Was I 18 or 19? And I moved out. I moved out and I got a dog, Mr. Bojangles, bless his heart. I just went to a shelter and adopted this dog and absolutely no idea what I was doing. And then I needed to move home. And I remember freaking out because I was like, how am I going to bring this dog home? But I feel like that was a pivotal moment because wasn't that you who was like, we got to support her and let her bring the dog home. (laughs) Yes. I was not very happy about it at first. If you'll remember, um, it was Tim's graduation from high school and you brought Bo over. And of course we still had snowball the kitty. And I'm like, there is no way that that dog is going to be in the house while we go to the graduation. Well, we also did not have a fenced in backyard at the time. And so I made you tie him up to a tree while we went to the graduation (laughs) and we came home. Neither of us knew anything about dogs. Neither of us knew anything about dogs. And we came home and Bo was gone. He had chewed through the leash (laughs) or the whatever we had, you had tied him up to the tree with. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So after that, you're like, okay, she needs our help in raising this dog because she has no idea what she's doing. Well, I think I remember telling you, you're not going to have him here. And you said, okay, I'm going to go find someplace else to live. So you did. But the problem with that was it only lasted for like three months. And then you came back and said, I have no place to live. What am I going to do? And I'm like, well, fine. You can come home with the dog. (laughs) I really didn't have much choice. (laughs) <laughs> so for everyone listening, oh. um, Bo was a two or three year old, some sort of maybe like border collie, German shepherd cross, really a nice dog, right? People mm-hmm. social, dog social. And we did get him back. 
Somebody found yeah, him. For the record, him. everyone. Some yeah. nice lady find, found him. He spent the day in the backyard playing with her dogs and then he came yeah. back to us. So <laughs> nothing tragic happened, thankfully, there. So so Bo was kind of the 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 beginning of the end of the the no dog policy. So right. did you did you like Bo? Do you feel like Bo helped you trust dogs and maybe enjoy their company a little bit more? Um, yes, not at first. It took me a while, but pretty soon it didn't take too long. And he won my heart. He was just really a sweet dog, right? He really Mm -hmm. enjoyed attention. He liked to be pet. He was an easygoing dude. And I think that that was, that was kind of the the beginnings of our hiking journey too, was with Bo. Because, you know, we're like, Colorado's beautiful. We should get out and do something with this dog. Um, so yeah, so Bo was the beginning. So for everyone, I, I don't talk about Bojangles a lot because unfortunately his life wasn't very long with us. He was tragically killed by a car. Um, I don't, I think maybe I had him for a year, mom. Was I don't even year? think it was that long. I think it was less than that. Yeah. And I took that blow pretty hard. And right? so did I. Right. So losing him that tragically, I think really highlighted for the both of us, like how important having a dog in our lives was right now that we welcomed a dog in, we were like, okay, we need a dog in our lives. Well, I remember saying to dad after Bo had been gone for a couple of weeks, I kind of reluctantly said to him, Rachel needs another dog. (laughs) And I remember you and I going over to the, what was it? The uh, table Mesa no, not Table Mesa. Um, we went to the Dumb Friends League first, right? Oh, well, maybe we did. But then I remember we went to wherever it was you got Sunny. I can't remember the name of that. Oh, place. yeah. Table Mountain Animal Shelter. Which Table Mountain. That's what more, Yeah. And um, well, we looked online at some dogs and we went over there and you first of all had one come in that was a tripod. And then you decided that wasn't quite, quite right. And then you saw Sunny. And I'm like, but he was still a puppy. And I'm like, are you sure you really want a puppy? I don't know that a puppy is a good idea, but you fell in love with him. And Sonny came home with us that day. And I absolutely loved Sonny. I can still remember that feeling that flooded me the moment we met him. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's, it's so profound, you know, and I knew nothing. Oh my gosh, you guys, Sonny, his name was already at the time was covered in mange he was terrified his tail was tucked like the whole time he was so scared we're like cool let's do this right and like looking back cool let's do this I was still very hesitant but (laughs) I accepted what you wanted and well and how did you feel about Sunny being a pit bull um I guess that didn't really bother me I was more concerned of him being so young yeah. And I remember you had to teach him how to go up and down the stairs. He didn't even know how to do that. <laughs> he was so, he was such a shell of himself, y'all. It was so sad. Um, so as Sonny started to age a little bit and blossom, my wonderful brother, Tim was like, okay, we're, we're bringing dogs. I'm going to capitalize on this. I'm getting a dog. So right. you want to tell the listeners about Jules since she ultimately ended up being yours. Yeah, Tim came um, up to me and he goes, well, if Rachel can have a dog, then I should be able to have a dog. And he goes, and my friend Andrew, his parents, Yellow Lab, just had puppies. And I'm like going, oh, yay, terrific, another dog. (laughs) And so anyway, I'm kind of like, well, okay, well, if we have one, we might as well have two. And uh, 
So he brought home little jewels when she was eight weeks old. It was in December of 2008, I believe. And um, Tim, (laughs) he did okay with her at first, but I really became her main caregiver. And then I can't even remember how old Jules was when he moved out for the first time. And he, and I came home one day and he had just moved out and I'm like going, well, he didn't take Jules, did he? Because dad was home. And I said to dad, he didn't take Jules, did he? And he goes, well, not yet. And I said, well, he's not taking him (laughs) or her. I said, she is not going with him. He will not take care of her. She is staying here with me. And she did. And I took good care of her. (laughs) Right. So that was your first, like your dog. Exactly. I loved her to pieces. I really did. And, um, by that time, it wasn't too long after we got her that Snowball, the cat, um, she was very old. She was 16, I think, or 17 or something. We had to have her put down. So Jules really became my pet at that point. And I loved her to pieces. Just, it was just like a connection that I couldn't even imagine having with an animal. It was pretty special. As much as I loved Sunny, Sunny was your dog. And even though Jules was technically Tim's dog, she really became my dog. Oh my gosh. She loved you. You two were smitten. So for everyone listening, Jules was a Labrador chow cross. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's not confirmed. That's best guess. Mom was a yellow lab though. And she was the the most adorable white fluffy puppy. Oh, yeah. So cute. Oh my gosh. And she had a lovely disposition. I feel like she was really like an easy first dog. And the fact that like, she didn't have any major like behavior worries. Like we had to teach her leash skills and recall and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, but you know, nothing crazy, like, you know, Sunny's dog aggression and reactivity. Right. Yeah. She was pretty easy. The only problem at the beginning was we still didn't have a fenced in backyard. So um, she would uh, run the neighborhood every now and then. So, <laughs> but she, we always we figured got it out. We got yeah. a fence put in. We got yep. a fence put in. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so, um, like a lot of Labradors, unfortunately, uh, Jules uh, died really young. Of was it? It was cancer, presumably, right? It was. Yeah, it was cancer in her jaw, and uh, that was the hardest thing for me to go through with her seeing her die and she was only six and I still get really choked up about it because she was like the best dog and it just is still really hard as a matter of fact she's still my screensaver even though she's been gone six and a half years now I think and uh but yeah still really hard yeah well and she was she six yeah. Her birthday was October 10th and um, she died in January of, uh, let's see, 2000. She was born in 2000. I can't even remember 2006, I think, and died in 2013. Yeah. I think that's right. I'm not a hundred percent sure on the dates, but yeah, something. So we didn't live long enough. No. So she really didn't. So during that time in Jules's life, I feel like that's when our love of the, the hiking and like, Mm -hmm. we've always loved getting outdoors and stuff, but I don't feel like it was like the same passion and commitment to hiking. And I feel like, go ahead. I was just gonna say, it was funny because we used to go camping with grandma and grandpa 
and grandpa was a big hiker. And so dad and Tim and grandpa and I would all go hiking and you'd stay in the camper and play cards with grandma. <laughs> so we've always hiked, but not to the extent of what, once we got jewels and sunny. It was just the motivation we needed, right? Like to get out and do it and really make it worth it. Um, and Jules was such a lovely trail dog. She was easy. She was very good. You could walk yeah. past dogs. She would come if you called her, right? Mm-hmm. Like she really gave she really gave you a lot of wonderful things for free, just in who right. she was. And then remember the time that we took her, we went hiking up at uh, Golden Gate Canyon and she got full of ticks. <laughs> and we tried to get them all off of her, but because of her being part chow, she had that really thick coat and we were driving back. I was driving, you were in the passenger seat and you kept saying, pull over, there's another tick crawling on her. <laughs> Good time. Good time. Oh, yeah. oh my uh, God. Yeah. She, she had a lot of good hikes in her not yes. long enough life. Yeah. That's for sure. Okay. So, and you know, everyone listening, Tiva was along for this ride too, right? Yep. She was Absolutely. a delight. She came on all these journeys with us too. So after Jules passed, I kind of stepped up and I was the one who was like, my mom needs another dog. Yep. Yeah. Jules passed away on a Friday and that month following Monday, we went hiking at, um, oh, what's the one down South? The oh, um, Castlewood Canyon. Yes. Castlewood Canyon. And it was January and it was a rough day. You and I both fell down the icy trail. Then Tiva came up behind me and clipped me in the back of the legs and I fell down. And then we went that night to that puppy place because there was a puppy, uh, a yellow lab puppy that I thought would be just perfect. And we oh, were yeah, like, the super unethical rescue, quote unquote, right, rescue. Yeah, which yeah. I didn't know at the time, but we figured we were that like, out, didn't we? Yeah, I was like second in line. And the first person in line wanted the, the little yellow lab and took it. And I was heartbroken and cried. And you were like, it's okay, mom, it's okay. That dog looked like it had some health issues and wasn't the best for you. But of course, I was so heartbroken. I just wanted another dog really quick. So, yeah. So that was a real bummer on so many levels, right? To see like this unethical, quote unquote, rescue, just like pushing puppies for a profit and giving them to like the highest bidder. And then for you to be heartbroken. So then we kept searching. and. Well, actually, you had recommended a shelter or a rescue to me the day before, and we had seen one that looked pretty good, and we had an appointment set up to go see her on Wednesday so of that same week. So you and I went, and we saw little, let's see, what was her name? Delta. Yeah, Delta. That was her, her yeah. foster name. Uh-huh. <laughs> And uh, you and I went uh, to the foster care place, the foster mom, and we sat down on the floor with her and played with her. And I thought she was awful darn cute. She was like four months old. She was a little mixed mutt from New Mexico. And I fell in love with her and she came to live with us on Friday. (laughs) And we changed her name to Jasmine. Because you had been saving that name for an animal for a long time. Right. Because when you were five and got Snowball, I had always thought that Princess Jasmine would be a really cute name for her. But somebody at the shelter said, oh, she's a, she's all white. She looks like a Snowball. And Rachel decided Snowball it was. And I'm like, Snowball? What kind of a name is that? But that's what she was. She was Snowball. <laughs> so I'd been waiting all those years to have a pet that I could name Jasmine. 
<laughs> oh my God. So let's talk a little bit more about Jasmine because I feel like Jasmine's been um, a little bit more of a dog who forced you to make more changes than you wanted to make to accommodate her in a good way, right? But she, yeah. she wasn't as easy and as motivated and responsive as Jules is, right? And she's still right. is, is she? <laughs> no, Jules or Jasmine, excuse me, is not motivated by food. So she has been a challenge to- She can be motivated by food, but it is not as consistent as it was for Jules. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, not at all. I mean, it's very rare that you can get her to do anything because of food. <laughs> um, and we still didn't have the yard totally fenced in. And she would get away and it would take us a very long time to get her to come because she was so skittish and she just kept running away from us. And yeah, that has been the biggest challenge with her and is still to this day, the biggest challenge I have with her. I absolutely, and of course now we do have the whole backyard fenced in, so we're good there, but I cannot take her out the front door without her being harnessed. I just can't, or she gets away. We had some work done on the house a couple of years ago and we would say to the workmen, please make sure you shut the door. Well, of course they didn't. And several times she got out, um, you know, because people were being careless or whatever. And, and I mean, it just happens occasionally. It happened the other night with dad when he was getting a pizza delivered, he wasn't <laughs> paying close enough attention and she got out the door. And fortunately that time it didn't take us so long, but yeah, that has really been our biggest challenge with her. Yeah. And Jasmine is just a she's just a more highly complex emotional being and I think that's right because of her history and coming from New Mexico she's got like you know some semi-feral genetic makeup to her and I think mm-hmm. that, that really impacts you know the sketchy feelings she gets about coming back when she she is called but you know we've still been able to do some super awesome stuff with her she's great oh, on long leash. there are certain circumstances where we can put a tracker on her and let her run at large a little bit we try and be cautious about that <laughs> but yeah you no know, we haven't had the best luck with that but we've always gotten her back so <laughs> <laughs> i really truly feel safer with her on a leash <laughs> yeah for sure for sure but she is she's happy right we, we oh, got yeah, long is. leash in there she still gets to live a really nice full life oh absolutely so mom I want to talk just a little bit about um all of the dogs that we have brought on our adventures over the years uh-huh. tons of foster dogs all of the precarious predicaments we have been in do you want to share just for the listeners like from your perspective like what that roller coaster ride was because I know for a while there you thought I was just completely bonkers I know you think I am still sometimes too but <laughs> <laughs> no I don't I think you're the world's best dog trainer and the best daughter but uh yeah it's it, sometimes it's it's kind of crazy because when you were doing boarding trains sometimes you'd have three or four extra dogs and then with your two and my one we'd have like six dogs out on the trail and people were just like always like in awe and um it was always fun and sometimes you'd give me one of the dogs to walk along with jasmine and um you always gave me the easy ones (laughs) but it's all it was always a lot of fun and um it's kind of sad now that you don't do as many board and trains anymore. So I don't get to meet all of your other um, buddies and stuff, but it's always been a lot of fun. And it's just always been fun to see people react and react in a positive way to see yeah. you be able to do that. So, and it's always so much fun to see you get all the dogs all lined up for pictures. You're so good <laughs> at that. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh my God. We have mobbed some trails with just a ton of dogs. People mm-hmm. are like, okay, these ladies are crazy, but whatever. <laughs> yep. That's for sure. Oh my God. Yeah. We've, we've had a lot of fun over the years. So, yes. um, do you want to share just a little bit for the listeners, um, how it was for you on, you know, sometimes the dogs being off leash, Waylon's wildlife endeavors, um, because, you know, I think that it is crazy, right? A lot of, you know, letting the dogs off leash is crazy sometimes, Mm -hmm. but I feel like we do it pretty artfully and as respectfully as we possibly can, but yeah. Well, Waylon is a whole little story unto himself. I love him to pieces. Don't get me wrong. I really, truly do. But when Waylon first came into our lives, he was such a handful that I told Rachel, I said, I'm sorry, I just, I I can't handle him. I can't have him at my house. Um, One time I had him at my house and I have a little pillow that had little ball trim on it and he ate all the balls off and I was a little annoyed with him to say the least, but, (laughs) but um, seeing him progress and his training has just been incredible um used to be when you let him off leash it would just like scare me to death he'd run away and I was like do you really think he's gonna come back and I'd start calling him and you're just like oh he's fine he's fine he's fine and now it's gotten to the point where when he runs off I don't even worry about it because I know he'll come back eventually so (laughs) although every once in a while when it takes him a while I'm like uh how far away is he yeah (laughs) And that is why we have the tracker so we can catch up to him and see what sketchy thing he's into. Yeah, but um, I've gotten a whole lot more used to it over the years. And um, like I said, I've just seen how he has improved um, with your training him and everything. And I just, I don't worry about him as much anymore. So yeah, well, and for those of you, yeah, he's still a handful. So for those of you who follow me on Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO, I posted like, I think it was two weeks ago, maybe it was last week about, um, how you can actually safely walk Waylon now, which is like a really big deal. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can. Um, He's actually almost sometimes if he gets a little crazy for you and we switch dogs, he actually calms down for me. I think he realizes that Grammy just can't keep up with them. So yeah, he kind of goes in the speed of turbo and I can't always keep up with him. And I'm always going, Waylon, slow down. Grammy can't keep up with you, but (laughs) he's a good listener most of the time. Yeah. And he can come stay at Grammy's house now too. He's much more mature and he doesn't chew things like he did. So he's always welcome at Grammy's house. Yeah. And for those of you who have been listening to disorderly dogs for a while, you know, you know, the, the subtleties of Waylon's craziness. We love him, but if you want to become staff, I mean, buckle up because it's going to be a wild ride. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yesterday was a good example when the deer went running across and he got all worked up about it. And then he starts, what do you call it? A staffy scream? Yes. (laughs) Yes, he has a lot of deer feelings, that is for sure. So mom, I want to talk just a little bit more about how I feel like a lot of the values that you instilled in me as a child and as an adult um, really helped me and embrace positive reinforcement dog training. 
And I think that, you know, I came into dog training as an adult. So I didn't really have like a history of like using punishment or like aversive based training, but I feel like for us, it always was intuitive bringing the dogs in even before I was a dog trainer right? Like using Mm -hmm. positive reinforcement and letting our dogs be dogs. I feel like that's something that, you know, probably comes from a lot of the the ways that you raised him and I. Well, that's interesting. I never thought about that before. (laughs) Yeah. Tim got a lot more not positive training than you did. (laughs) We could talk to you and you would like, listen, Tim, on the other hand, maybe not quite so much, but (laughs) Oh my gosh. But you, but you know, when I started training, I feel like, you know, the advice I gave you was easy for you to like implement, like the concept mm-hmm. of like, let's continue to re- reward the dog for what they've been doing. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. I, it's like, I, oh gosh, remember last summer when we saw that lady yelling and screaming at her dog when we were down at Catamount. Oh my gosh. That was just like so horrible to see that. It's just like, lady, don't you understand that if you were nice to them, maybe they'd be better? I don't know. <laughs> right. But you, you've also made me read books that I haven't necessarily wanted to read, but you made me read them anyway uh, about dog training and stuff. And yeah, it definitely is the right way to go. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like you've really been on this journey with me, right? Like early in my dog yeah. training career, we would take vacations together and we'd lay by the pool and I would just read like a bunch of dog training books. Yeah. And I'd be like, okay, right. you have to at least read one of these. And you were a right. good sport. You learned alongside me. I've tried. I don't know nearly as much as you do, but I do try to learn by example of your, the things you do. What was it that you did the other day? And I went, Oh, that's really a good idea. I can't even remember what it was, but, um, it worked. And I'm like, Oh, and, um, Jasmine, unfortunately, has had to have two knees replaced or worked on. And so she's still on, uh, she's 10 weeks post-op on her second knee. So she has not been hiking with us the last few months. So I've been um, um, walking Tiva so that Rachel just has Waylon. And um, I've been getting a lot better about the positive reinforcement thing because Tiva loves snacks where jazz, I don't even take snacks for her most of the time because she doesn't eat them. I mean, I'll give them to her, but she just doesn't eat them. So, um, this has been good training for me too, to be walking Tiva so much. And, uh, sometimes Tiva just looks at me and goes, Grammy, it's time for a cookie. So, (laughs) (laughs) but I've been learning right along. (laughs) You guys are so good together. You're so good together. I love it so much, but it'll be good. It'll be good when we can bring Jasmine back into the equipment. But the old ladies, Tiva and Grammy walking together is pretty good combo. (laughs) Oh my God, mom, you are amazing. Thank you so much for chatting with me so I can share this with my listeners. Thanks for being the best mom and dog mom around. Well, thanks. And like your dad has always said, well, I guess you can teach an old dog new tricks because <laughs> look, she likes it. She loves dogs now. So <laughs> took me a long time. So We're glad you're here. We're glad you're here. Yeah. And I'm very proud of you, Rachel. You just do a great job and I just love you to pieces and your dogs. Thank you. <laughs>
All right, you guys, you know how much I love VetCS CBD products for my dogs. Great news. They make CBD products for humans. I got the orange flavored uh, dropper and I put it in my Lady Grey lattes and it is so freaking delightful. So you can get CBD for your dog. You can get CBD for you. Check out VetCS.com and you can use code DisorderlyDogs for 10% off your purchase. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.